Good morning, family. It gives me joy to introduce someone who does not need any introduction, but we're going to celebrate. Can you put that photo? African princess in London. Congratulations to Jess. She's just graduated uh, international relations at the University in London two weeks ago. She was there. Hallelujah. And she's applying to do her master's in international relations in Geneva, and we trust in God that the Lord will provide for her to be able to serve internationally. Jess has been part of our kids' church. She served at kids' church. She was at youth. She became one of the young adults. She became a pastor in this church. And her sermon today is what God will do when we serve. Let's welcome Pastor Jess. Amen. Just shows you, you need to be careful what you share on social media. Pastor Sai, I think we need to get Willie's water um, here so that we can articulate the precipitation of God's manifestation in this house. Amen. So this morning we are speaking about you are gifted, um, and that's why we need the water. But we are speaking about what God has done in you, how he has gifted and, and given you ability such that you would fulfill a purpose here on earth. It's actually the second last week of our What on Earth Am I Here For series. Can you believe it? Oh, that's where you all are all sad about that. Um, and before I dive into this topic of purpose, I want you to think for a moment of an airplane. Airplanes are quite complex in their design, right? They, each part of an airplane is sort of put together such that an airplane fulfills a very specific purpose. And I'm sure that you would be able to say what the purpose of an airplane is, to fly. You would find it hard to believe me if I said that all of the parts of the airplane landed up in the same place at the same time and put themselves together in such a fine balance such that this machine was created because the complexity of its design points to intelligence behind its, its creation, right, and its design. Um, and planes, I mean, there are thousands of planes in the sky all doing their thing, flying, right, from one place to another. And so there's a common purpose that planes have. Each of them are designed to fly. But each plane has a specific flight path. And they don't all go from the same place to the next place. And we, similarly, as humans, have common or general purpose, right? A, a purpose that all of us, as God's creation, are called to walk in. And that's what we spent the first four weeks of the sermon series talking about, the general call of all of mankind. And Today and next week, we're looking more at the specific call, what God has put in you specifically and what he has gifted you with for your specific flight path, as it were. So just a recap of what we've done. The first week was that you mattered to God, looking at the fact that you, the, the, the intricacy with which you have been created points to the fact that you were created by a personal, relatable creator and that he wants to walk with you in, in showing you what he's created you for and highlighting that purpose to you. And the primary purpose that you have is to exist in loving relationship with him, to be loved by God and to love him in return. And the thing about general purpose and specific purpose is that you can't walk in the fullness of your specific purpose if you don't know your general purpose, that a plane can't get from Joburg to Cape Town if it doesn't fly, right? And similarly, if we're not figuring out how to walk in these general purposes, then we're going to miss an aspect of our specific purpose, that you can know your gifts and your talents and express them, but miss purpose because you don't have relationship with God. 
The second, uh, the third week, sorry, was that you belong, that you're meant to exist in family because purpose is expressed in the context of other people and in the context of relationships. And we'll speak more about that as we go. And last week we spoke about the fact that you're called to be like Christ, that every single person on earth was created by God to move from sin and brokenness to righteousness and freedom. And all of us are meant to be on that journey and figuring out how we can become more Christ-like and thereby more free. And so our purpose... Whatever specific purpose you have must be expressed in these things, walking in relationship with God, walking in becoming more and more like Jesus, and and being part of family. And then today as we speak about gifts, I'm not going to speak so much about how to discover your gifts, because if you look for gifts, that's what you'll find, gifts. But they don't necessarily point to purpose. Gifts are tools to empower purpose, right? That your purpose is, is empowered by your gifts, but that they're not purpose in and of themselves. And so finding gifts is not necessarily finding purpose. All of us have gifts. Every single person in this room has been given abilities and passions and talents by God that he will use in your purpose. But I felt like today I wanted to speak more about some of the perceptions that we have behind purpose because those are sort of the train tracks that lead us on this journey. And if they're going in the wrong direction, then our journey of discovering purpose will lead us in the wrong direction. So that's what we're going to speak about today. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for every Um, person in this room, Lord God, I thank you that you have known each one of them since before the creation of the world, that you have put within them dreams and gifts and abilities and passions such that they would bring glory to you and bring your kingdom here on this earth. And I pray that this morning as we speak about purpose that that it it wouldn't be head knowledge, Lord God, but I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would be speaking to every heart. I pray that every person here would hear you speaking about their specific purpose and calling, and that you would speak to them about breaking free from lies or, or myths that they've believed about purpose and how to find the true calling that you have given them. I, we just open our hearts up to you, Lord God. We don't want to be so afraid of you changing what we think about ourselves that we just closed off, Lord. I pray that you would speak and that we would trust that what you say is good. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we're going to look at Moses this morning. Moses is We've spoken about him a couple of times, but I wanted to touch on his burning bush experience because I think when we're talking about purpose, all of us want a burning bush experience, right? Where God's just like, this is what you need to do. And the truth is that I I believe that Moses' experience points out these principles behind purpose and how we can hear what God is saying into that. So because we don't have time to read the whole of Exodus, I'm going to give you a brief summary, but please do go and read it. Um, Moses was... The, his life is divided into three 40-year periods, which works really well if you like order and control. So the first 40 years of Moses' life, he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. He was a Hebrew boy, was meant to be killed, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, and raised as, his son, as her son. And um, so he grows up in the palace in Egypt um, with a lot of opportunity, sort of resource influence, It's pretty clear, though, that he identifies as Hebrew to some extent because he goes to look upon the Hebrew people and he calls them his people. But he would have behaved like an Egyptian. When he met the daughters of Jethro, they said, we met an Egyptian man at the well. And so he he acted like an Egyptian but identified as Hebrew. And I'm sure that that resulted in some interesting identity discovery in his life. Anyway, so the first 40 years, he is raised as a prince in Egypt. And then he kills an Egyptian slave driver... And Pharaoh finds out about it. Moses runs for his life, heads to the wilderness. 
um, meets Jethro and marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah, and he begins to shepherd Jethro's flock. So at this point, Moses has nothing of his own. Everything that he has is his father-in-law's, right? He goes from being a prince to literally not having anything to his name. Um, and just his, his wife and his kids, all that he has when God sends him back to Egypt. And at 80 years old, Moses has this burning bush experience where God speaks to him about what he has called him to do. And this is where we pick up from Exodus 3. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So the four aspects that I'm going to touch on this morning about purpose. The first is that purpose is service. That Moses was called in response to the affliction of the people of Israel, and all purpose is service. The second is that of identity, that Moses asks God, who am I that I should go? And God speaks into his identity because purpose is an identity that is lived out. The third is that of character. I don't think it's a coincidence that Moses was called at the age of 80 to go to back to Egypt, that there was a character development required for his purpose. And the last is that of seasons, looking at the seasons of Moses' life and the, the seasons that we have to purpose. So service. Like I was saying, the, the people of Egypt, of, of, of Israel, they, they were in this place of slavery, and God sends Moses to bring them out of Egypt from slavery into freedom and into the promised land. And I believe that purpose and service are two sides of the same coin, so to speak. All purpose is service. And whatever purpose God has called you to, it will be of service to others. Think for a moment about what you think your purpose is, how you would how you would articulate it or, or what you want your purpose to be if you're not sure. Now imagine that you are alone in the city of Johannesburg because there's no one else on the face of the earth. Can you still live out that purpose? No, because purpose exists in the context of relationships and for the service of other people. And ideally, how you should be living is that God is your source. He is the space of identity, of provision, of comfort, of satisfaction for you, such that you don't need to find comfort, provision, satisfaction in people around you, but you exist to serve and minister to other people. All of us are called to live with God as our source and pouring that in service to other people. And so your purpose will be service to others. And it's important to know because a lot of us look for purpose to serve ourselves instead of serving others. And so then we miss purpose because purpose is service to other people. The myth that we believe here is that if we keep focusing on other people, then we'll miss the time for us. But that's not true, because God has put you here on earth such that you would bring his, his freedom, his glory, his peace to others. And so whatever you have been destined for, it will look like service. And when you are trying to find purpose, you need to be serving, and you need to be serving other people, and that is where you'll begin to see what purpose God has created you for. The truth is that a lot of the time, when our purpose is self-seeking, all we have done is dressed up fear as purpose. And instead of allowing God to minister to that fear, we've, we've 
put our purpose such that our fears would be found here on earth. I mean, would be met by things here on earth. But you will sell yourself short if you look for something on earth that you already have in eternity. Because so often we look for a significant place here on the earth, but you already have a place before the throne of God. We look for a sense of comfort and identity here on earth, but you already have been called as a child of God. And if your purpose is trying to find something you already have in eternity here on earth, you will sell yourself short. Purpose is meant to um, serve other people, and you are meant to serve other people. 1 Corinthians 12, Paul is describing the people of God, and he describes the people of God as a body. And he begins by saying that we all have variety of gifts from the same Spirit, and we all have a variety of service to do from the same Lord. And then he, he goes on to describe that as a body, each member of the body is dependent on the other members. So you, as a member of the body of Christ, cannot say that you don't need other people here in this body because we are an interdependent body, right? We depend on one another. But he also says that each member has individual function and gifting, and the, the gifts and the abilities that you have have a specific purpose that you are meant to express. But if you think about the members of the body, that each one has a specific function, but it's for the sake of the body. That the liver, its function is not to make the liver happy and keep the liver safe. It serves the rest of the body. Right. And your purpose, what God has called you to, is going to serve the rest of the body and going to serve other people. And so if you have been asking God for a set of to-dos and activities that will describe your life's purpose, you will miss it because your purpose is not about a list of to-dos for your life. It is living from a space of identity that serves other people. So identity, let's speak about this. You see, we all have uh, this thing that we do that if you, wait, let me just pause. If you think about Moses, how you would articulate Moses' purpose, Right? You would generally articulate Moses' purpose by the things that you saw him doing in his life. And so we look at purpose in other people and we describe it as tasks. But purpose is not tasks. And when we're trying to find purpose in our own lives, if we're looking for tasks, we come up short all the time because there are going to be seasons and spaces where you can't live out those tasks, where you can't do those things and you get frustrated because purpose is not a set of tasks. If Obama's purpose was to be the president of the United States, then he should no longer be important or influential to us. We should have moved on from him because he would have been done, right? His sell-by date would have passed. But we know when we view somebody like that, that purpose is not a position or a set of tasks. It is an identity that you live out. And when Moses was... Thank you. When Moses was um, being called by God, he says to him, Who am I that I should go? And this is what God says to him, but I will be with you. That is his response to Moses' question of who am I to go? I will be with you. And so he's saying to Moses, your identity that you need to live on this journey is one who is with God. And I think that that's so key because if he told Moses, you are meant to be the leader of the Israelites, Moses wouldn't have been able to go up a mountain for 40 days and 40 nights and get the tabernacle template and the Ten Commandments because he would have abandoned his place of leading the Israelites. But because his primary purpose was to be the one with God, he was able to pursue that before anything else. 
And this is why we began with, you are meant to live in loving relationship with the Father. Because you cannot find that place of identity if you are just looking at your gifts and your abilities and your passions. The myth we believe here is that purpose is shown by what I achieve in life. But purpose is not shown by that. It is lived out as an identity. And it's a critical space because I can guarantee you this. There are going to be times in your life that the circumstances don't allow you to live out all that you believe your purpose is. And there are going to be times in your life that the season is not yet for your purpose to be manifested. And if you are expecting to be able to do things to express your purpose, you'll be really frustrated in those seasons and you will end up turning to God and saying, I'm done with you. But if it is an identity you have been called to, then no matter what season you are in or what limitations you face, you can live out that identity. David is a really good example of this. David was called as king and anointed to be king by prophet Samuel 17 years before he sat on the throne. And what did he do in that time? He lived like a king, right? He, not in the sense that he had a whole lot of stuff, but he, he did the things that a king would do because it was a space of identity for him. He led a group of men into battle and won victory after victory. That he was, he was a leader. People followed him because he lived from a place of identity, not from a place of position. And when we are pursuing purpose from God, we need to not just look at our gifts and want to do things with those gifts. We need to ask God, who have you called me to be and live from that identity? The third aspect is character. Character is so, so important when we are um, walking in purpose because your character is what will carry your purpose. Gifts are really powerful. And God has given you gifts. But if you have gifts without character, it's like giving a dangerous tool to a nine-year-old. That the only thing that's going to come from giving a chainsaw to a nine-year-old is destruction, right? Sometimes even giving it to an adult causes destruction, but leave that. I don't think that it was um, a mistake that Moses was called at 80 years old. You see, I think if, if we're measuring purpose by a set of to-dos, then we would have considered the first 80 years of Moses' life a waste, but they're not wasted. And if Moses had been told by God at the age of 40 that he was going to be the, the, the one to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses would have led a revolution. He would have led an uprising and used violence and force to get all of the Israelites out of Egypt. And what would have happened? The Israelites would have said, Moses saved us, not God. And so God uses that time of preparation to build up God's, I mean, Moses' character such that his purpose can be carried out in Moses' life. And if you are in a space where you're not seeing the manifestation of your purpose, you need to allow God to work on your character. The myth we believe here is that we need to get to purpose. I don't have a mic, but... The myth we believe here is that we need to get to purpose as quickly as possible because doing something else is distraction. But that is not true because God has promised that in every season, he is doing something in you and using those things for your good and developing your character such that he can bring this out. And some of you are making this season of preparation longer than it should be because you're not walking in humility and letting God work on your character. Letting God... Letting God work on your character is about humility, right? It is about submission and, and, and allowing God to do what he needs to do. And this is one of the reasons why we need to be serving. Because serving builds character. 
And in the space of serving, you learn how to follow somebody else, how to, when you should do things, when you shouldn't do things. I started serving when I was 14 years old. And trust me, I had a huge amount of character flaws at that age. If you've ever spent any time with teenagers, then you know. Um, and, and starting to serve at that age, it, it meant that my character got worked on from that age, right? And so the, the longer you wait, the more time you delay, but you need to start serving. And in the church, because the church is a space that speaks into your leadership, your character development, your relationship with God, and so serving is so important in finding purpose. You know, when, when we think about purpose, and um, this is a bit of a, a side note, that so often, because we think of purpose as to-dos, we look at the purposes that we see in other people's life by the actions that we see there, and we say, I want that, and we begin to compare ourselves with other people, and we become dissatisfied with what God has given to us. And comparison is going to kill the journey of discovering purpose for you, because all it does is, is lead to dissatisfaction, and it leads to... Um, separation from God, right? We start to compare ourselves with others and we turn to God in accusation of that. And comparison is, is a fruitless exercise. It really is. And so when it comes to the space of finding identity and finding character, we need to ask God, who have you called me to be? And what have you called me to live out? And let me be content with that. And character builds that space of contentment and satisfaction in what God has given to you. The What on Earth Am I Here For book that we're going through this week, there's a shape profile at the end of the book. And I really want to encourage you to do this profile and discuss it in your connect group this week. It speaks about the gifts and the passions and the past experiences that you have had to, to kind of give you a picture of what God has put in your life thus far so that you know how he's going to use it for the purposes that he's given you. And so it's a useful tool just in, in, in being able to articulate your purpose. So I just wanted to highlight that. Um, it's at the back of the book. Right, last point is seasons. I believe that purpose is seasonal in the sense that as much as it is an identity lived out, the way that that purpose looks in this current season is probably going to be different from how it looks in your next season. And I think that one of the faults that we have when we think about purpose is looking for this one thing that's going to be the purpose for our lives. But that thing is seasonal. And if you have done that thing, and that is all you are looking for to purpose, then you're going to feel purposeless after that. But understand that in each season, God has given you purpose. And for the season that you are in, there is purpose for that season. The myth we believe here is sort of that thing of the, the one purpose that you have to fulfill it. And, and having done that, that you're sort of done, right? Um, Moses has different phases of purpose in his life, and I want to touch on this briefly. You, you may want to photograph this for later reference, but these are the phases that I see in Moses' life of purpose being expressed. The first is that of preparation, where Moses was in the wilderness, um, well, and even in Egypt, and he wasn't able to clearly express or articulate his purpose. There is a space of preparation where you don't know necessarily what your purpose is, and you feel unsure of that and perhaps even frustrated by that. What do you do when you're in this phase? You work on your general purposes, your relationship with God, your family, your um, character, your Christ-likeness. This is why we did Christ-likeness last week, because that is character building. And that is what's going to enable you to walk in purpose. The second phase is that of breaking into purpose. When Moses began 
to walk in his purpose, he faced not only opposition from Pharaoh, but he also faced doubt. In Exodus 4, he has this conversation with God where he basically says, listen, fam, it's not me. I don't think I should do this. Please, can you send somebody else? You know? And God says to him, I'll send Aaron to go with you. But God gets angry with Moses. And um, anyway, that's a side story. So Moses has this moment of doubting his purpose and his ability. And you may be in a space where God has spoken to you about the purpose that you have or the next season that you have. And not only do you doubt yourself, but you face opposition from people around you. And what do you do in that phase? You declare who God has called you to be. You go back to that space of identity and you live from a place of identity instead of living from a place of gifting. Because that is what will protect you as you walk out this phase. And the last is sort of the phase of momentum where you're walking in purpose and you feel like, like, like you know what you're doing and, and there's like a sweet spot, so to speak, of that. And in this phase, it's really important that you begin to think generationally. Because what you do in this phase will define the legacy that you leave behind. And it's important to know that God thinks generationally. And so at least half of your purpose is not for you to see, but for the generations after you to see. And we see that over and over again in Scripture that the promises God made to people were not for their generation, but for the generations to come. And if so, we're only thinking for our generation, we will get frustrated with a lack of purpose. But God has given you purpose for the generations after you. And so when you're in that place, you need to be thinking about the generations to come. So in closing, when I was praying for um, the, the, the service to, during the week, I really felt that there were a lot of people here today that are feeling like they've hit a ceiling regarding purpose. And feeling like I, I had an idea of what I should be doing, and now I'm not sure what the next step is. And I don't know how to transition from where I am to the next thing. And I feel just to encourage you that the season that you're in, that God has said to you, not only that he is with you, but that he is doing a new thing. And that there is a new season to come after this. And in the space where you're trying to figure out how do I live from purpose here, where I feel like my gifts or my dreams are no longer relevant for the space that I'm in, live from a place of identity, knowing who God has called you to be and serving in that place, letting him work on your character because those are the things that will take you from this current season into the next season. And know that your hope is founded in God. That perhaps the season or, or the, the space of transition from one season to the next goes on longer than you hoped for. And perhaps there is a wilderness period between Egypt and the promised land that you're not sure why you're circling around and around and around. But if you focus on the, on the wilderness instead of on God, then you will lose faith and you will lose hope. And remember in this place that there is a purpose for you to live out in this season. It's amazing how purpose sort of begets purpose. And if you're unsure of how to live out your purpose uh, fully now, to just do the little bit that you can do in accordance with who God has called you to be. Because as you stay in that place, you will find more and more of your purpose unfolding around you because purpose will beget purpose in your life. My second encouragement is that if you are in this church and you are not serving in this church, you need to start serving in this church. It's not a suggestion, right? 
serving is really important for character building. It is really important for following God. It is important for self-awareness, discovering what you're good at and what you're not good at. You are not good at some things, and that's okay. Because God has created you with specific gifts and abilities. But discovering those and discovering what they look like is found in a place of serving. And I believe serving in the body of Christ. Discovering how what God has given you is used for the kingdom, right? And to bring kingdom to earth. And so if you're not serving, then please do start serving. There's, we gave out those Discover Your Gifts booklets at the beginning of the year, and they are still at the info desk. And so if you need to get one, get one. It's got a gifts test in it, and it's also got the list of ministries and what gifts align to which ministry so that you can find a place to start serving in the church. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you, your word is life-giving and that you speak life over us, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that no matter what phase or season we are in, that you have gifted us with dreams, with abilities, with talents that you are going to use in every season. And I pray, Lord God, that if there are people here that are in a space of frustration, a space of doubt or comparison, that Holy Spirit, your grace would abound to them right now. And you would give us grace such that we can live free from those things, but trusting in you in every season that you would use us and use what you have put inside us. I pray, Lord, that wherever our purpose is actually linked to fears that we haven't given to you, Lord God, we give them to you right now. We ask that you would minister to those fears, Lord God. We ask that you would minister to any self-doubt, Lord so that we can allow ourselves to be fully used by you, Jesus. I thank you for what you're doing, and I pray that this wouldn't just be a moment, Lord God, but as we work through the book this week, as we spend time discussing this with you, Lord God, that you would reveal more and more of what you have placed within us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jess. Wonderful.